Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello. And today we are talking about fasting. Now, fasting is something I get asked about all the time. It um, There's lots of different types of fasts, which we're going to talk about today. And we're going to break down some myths and some good and bad points about fasting. Right, Dan? Yeah, it's very popular at the moment, isn't it? I think over the last five to 10 years, maybe, we notice in the health and fitness industry, it goes through trends, doesn't it? Like fitness trends, diet trends, fasting is one of the big ones at the moment. And like anything, it's a tool. It's got a place that works for some, it doesn't work for others. It'll work in certain parts, times in your life, and it won't work in others. And there's a correct way and an incorrect way to do it. So we're going to try and shed some light on the situation. And yeah, it's quite an interesting one, I think. Normally, when you talk about fitness and health, it's adding something in, add this exercise, add this vitamin. But obviously, this is taking something away, which is a lot harder to do sometimes. Yeah, I think, um, of course, we're going to talk about how long fasting has been around. It's not a new thing at all, um, but it became very popular with um, that Dr. Michael Mosley, didn't he? Didn't it when he did his five-two and intermittent fasting, and that was about a good ten years ago, I think now. And that's when it kind of all became mainstream. And I, I used to, I was a big fan of fasting, and I lost a lot of weight on it. But I've since changed my opinion. A little bit and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later on right yeah you've got some good research haven't you with regards to especially males and females and the, the difference in yeah. the, the hormone system as well i think you're going to go down that route a lot more and i'm kind of going to go down the more spiritual kind of mental strength trying to build the psyche and cure cravings and things like that that's how i type of look at fasting i think yeah. that's just my personal experience as well but yeah it's, it's quite a complex subject but it's, it's really interesting isn't it I, I really enjoyed doing a bit more deeper research on it fasting is something that's been around for millennia it was never really started or meant to be a health thing it was something like you say spiritual uh, uh, a practice that people would do to to test their mental strength it's only really in the past few years that it's been touted as the latest health fitness weight loss thing but that was never meant to be the case was it in most religions, I would say, most of the, the major religions, we'll call them, they've all practiced fasting for as long as they've been around, really. So the main one, kind of our audience, I think, would know, would be Christianity, would be Lent, mm-hmm. which is not really kind of fasting as what we would do in the health and fitness industry, like uh, intermittent fasting. It's just abstaining from something, isn't it? So people often give up chocolate for Lent or they give up alcohol for Lent but still a form of, of fasting in a in a broader sense. So it's giving up something. Mm-hmm. It's one of the five pillars of Islam. So Muslims do Ramadan. So they fast from sunrise to sundown. The Jewish community do Yom Kippur, where they do the same thing. So they don't eat during the day. And I didn't know this. Also, there's a thing called the Daniel fast, which mm-hmm. I know, yeah. I didn't coin this term, but apparently it's from the King James Bible. There's one of the passages. So the, the prophet Daniel, he gave up all pleasant food for 21 days, including wine and meat. 
And he just ate vegetables and drank water for 21 days and it gave him a new sense of vigor and strength, mental clarity, and that sense of spirituality and that connection to everything else. So, yeah. Sounds like something you would do. The Daniel fast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, like you say, fasting is not necessarily a health thing. It was more to test mental strength and the coming closer to God. That's what they thought that you would do eating fancy foods they thought that would take you further away from god so to bring it back just so that you could focus that's like what the monks did wasn't it you know they they would do that kind of thing so that it would bring them closer to strengthen their spirituality yeah and it's interesting because like i said at the start that's how when i think of fasting that's my go-to mentality that's my thoughts whereas i think a lot of other people think of it as like a weight loss or a health thing in my mind it's a way to get clear because I think you bombard yourself with food all the time. Your digestive system's constantly going. You're either on coffee or sugar and that affects your mental state. Mm. So, and to build mental strength and to, to go without and to then use that energy to focus on something else, maybe to build more of a spiritual grounding or to cure cravings, things like that. That's, I see that's the big advantage of fasting. It's not necessarily the weight loss. It's that side. That's what I take from it anyway. Mm, yeah. And that's just, um, that. that is the true thing about fasting. And like you say, it's not necessarily giving up totally everything. It could just be giving up one element of something like a social media fast or, uh, I don't know, alcohol fast, something like that. You know, it's, it's not necessarily this whole I mean there's loads of different types of fasts now I've written a few down here there's the 12 hour fast the 16 hour the alternate day to the warrior fast the 5-2 the intermittent fast and they're all different what there's loads now isn't there it's just like any everyone seems to have written a book about it but that's not the true aim of fasting no that's just what marketers do don't they they just grab mm. something and they just and they just go with it yeah so like fitness is the same something new comes along how many different types of yoga are there now there used to just be one which is paramahansa yogananda's teachings and now there's probably a (laughs) hundred different types of yoga and then they all write a book on it and they all sell a course so you just say that with a pinch of salt that's just the western world isn't it yeah Um, but in the the true sense of fasting which we should talk about which is obviously abstaining from food there's a few different ways to do it but really what we learned through the Czech Institute as well as you should try and just try and gain a bit more of an intuitive sense of what to eat. If you think about diet, the end goal should just be that from day to day, from week to week, you should be eating different things. Your body will tell you what it needs. But yeah, so what's your experience of fasting? Because you've done it in the past a little bit, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So I still use it every now and then. Um, so I first started when I watched the program with Dr. Michael Mosley, the 5-2 to fasting. And so I just started doing it like that. This was a good 10 years ago now. So it was all, um, every two, two days out of a week, out of five, you would do fasts. So I, I can't even remember what, what it was, but that's what I, I think it was 600 calories when he first started. So you just have 600 calories and that was normally for a nighttime meal. I just find it so easy to do. It's not, I'm not that food sensitive. Like some people can't think about, you know, when I've, um, sometimes I use it in some of my programs to um, help people if they want to lose weight. And they, 
the, the amount of people who are really scared about not having breakfast, for example, it freaked me out at first, to be honest, because I was like, well, why would I'm not bothered if I have breakfast or not? Do you know what I mean? It doesn't like stop me and my tracks it doesn't I don't get dizzy or they're all like I'm gonna get dizzy I'll not be able to think I'll get food cravings and all this I was just like oh that was really alien to me that 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 would happen but the majority of people who have have said look you're not going to die just by missing your breakfast just have a go and then they've done it for a couple of times they've actually thought they've, they've actually found it really beneficial to do and you do lose weight but it's that because I think we all carry around especially in modern diets a lot of excess water and the sugary stuff that we eat it just keep it keeps water in into your system so I think that that it, it, it's a good way to change your body shape quickly I'll, I'll say there's the term overfed but undernourished yes so people think oh if I just I, I cannot skip breakfast I'll I won't have the nutrition on board but most of the time what the Western world eats, we don't really eat nutritious food. We just, mm. we, we feeding ourselves, but be undernourished. So even if you skip breakfast, you probably aren't missing that many nutrients anywhere. Then what it does is when, say you miss, you skip breakfast or you, you skip lunch as well, and you just have a, an evening meal. If you do that for a certain amount of time, you start to really find that you crave healthy food because you don't want to mm. go up 16 hours without having food then all of a sudden you're not going to start craving crap and junk food. You want some real nutrition on board. That's what your body starts to crave, which is exactly what it should be. What it should be. You should only really be eating when your body wants nutrition on board. So I used to do the 16-8, so 16 hours with no food, then an eight-hour eating mm. window, which is quite a common one. And yeah, I would never break the fast and start eating crap. I would always eat healthy food. So that's one of the real upsides. The most common upside, really, I, would, I found if people are going to listen to this and try fasting, don't just do a fast and then go back to the same old <laughs> junk you were eating in the first place. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you're going to be probably worse off. I think that was my mistake when I first started doing it. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to eat today. And then, but the day before, I'd start like eating loads of stuff that I probably wouldn't have normally eaten, like pies and pasties and stuff, just because I thought well, I'm not going to eat tomorrow. I might as well yeah. pull myself up. Then the day after, I'd be like eating stuff again. And it'd be, that was totally defying the point of it. It's like, Eat, eat healthy and then use the fast as a breaker to give your digestive system a break, to give your body a, a little bit of a break and then continue on with like what you were saying, break your fast with healthy food or a um, like a juice or something, something that's quite light. Yeah, because if the day before you're going to ingest a lot of toxic food, then your body just has to process that. So yeah. you're just putting extra stress on the system. So even though you're fasting the next day, your liver and everything still probably trying to detox all that crap you have on board anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you like you said, it just defeats the object. <laughs> so that's that was my first time of fasting. And then I realized that actually I wasn't doing myself. Like at the end of the day, if you're using it to lose weight, it is putting yourself in a calorie deficit, isn't it? That, that's the only way to lose weight. And that fasting is a tool to do that. So, but if you're going to eat a load before and a load after, then you're just never going to get into that calorie deficit. You just continue in, aren't you? So, no, because if you looked at it, yeah, your calorie intake over a week and you just over, you over ate before the fast and after the fast, then over a week, it's no different. Yeah. So if you just look at like literally mathematically, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's no different. So yeah, yeah. Try, and be, try and be logical about it. That's where like having some actual 
like kind of expert advice or some coaching or people who've done it successfully in the past really counts. Yeah, yeah. I've used it successfully to um with my clients, I must say, but I don't think it's a long-term thing, especially for women. I know you've got some good research on this, but before we move on to that really quick, just from what we've been saying there, so don't eat crap before you fast and then after you fast. So the first fast you should do is not really a fast at all. You should just abstain from junk food. So just eat three meals a day like you normally do, but just make it healthy food. So just fast from from the unhealthy stuff you've been eating. Even if you just do that, that's going to have probably more beneficial effects than trying the latest 16, 8, 5, 2, whatever bloody cabbage soup fasting diet. <laughs> just abstain from the crap food. Yeah, the, cork, just, the diet cokes yeah. and the... <laughs> just eat normal, healthy food. And that's going to get you better results than any trend. So that that's, that should be the biggest takeaway, to, to be honest. Just eat healthy. Yeah, we can stop now because that is actually the bomb. Yeah. But obviously we, we're trying to, because fasting is trending at the moment. So we if people want to try it, we'll, we'll try and give you the right information. Yeah. So the types of fast, we've kind of briefly mentioned that. The 16, eight, that's the one I've used as well, where you kind of stop eating. You have your last meal at six o'clock at night and then you go 16 hours, which I think is all right. Like that's what I would do anyway, really sometimes. And then Yeah, that's what I did. The timing's quite quite works quite well because I yeah. used to do it from, I think it was from noon till 8 p.m. So you have that eight-hour window. Mm, and then of eating. If, if, if being allowed to eat, yeah. And then from 8 p.m. until you wake up the next day and you just essentially skip your first meal, didn't really feel that bad. I found yeah. I drank a lot more water. I was bet, I was better hydrated. And then I looked forward to 12 p.m. to have a nice healthy meal. So I didn't find it too stressful at all, to be honest. No, that's how, that's the way I used to fast. And that's what I do now if I'm if I'm going to do a few a few fasts to um, just drop a bit of weight. <laughs> If I've been overindulging, that's that's what I use fasts for now, for just counterbalance and thing. Counterbalance. I think when you eat intuitively, you do tend to counterbalance stuff quite naturally, don't you? And that's what I use fasting for now, to just balance everything back out again. Yeah, that's that's a good idea, and it can be quite drastic though, can't it? Because I think if people are so used to eating all the time, and mm. even to do a sixteen-eight, which me and you just through our experience have found relatively easy. Yeah, I think some people might struggle. So like we've kind of already touched upon a little bit, instead of going straight into fasting, if you want to kind of build up to it, you can, first of all, just cut out all the crap food and try and eat healthy. Maybe do that for a few months. Okay. So, so your body then has the nutrition on board to be able to, to be able to manage your fast, mm. which is important. And then once you've been eating healthy food, then maybe go organic for another couple of months. Then you've got you're really trying to boost all the systems systems of your body up mm-hmm. and then introduce a fast. Maybe don't do the 16-8, maybe do it a little bit less harsh. Maybe allow yourself 10 or 12 hours to eat and then bring it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So bridge the gap in chunks. Don't just go straight into like a 24-hour fast because you're probably going to give yourself a bad experience and you're, and you're not going to get the health benefits. Mm-hmm. Try and build yourself up to it and then you're going to get the real meaning of what it was designed to do. Yeah. Fasting is a type of stress response. So it's a bit like um, having a cold shower. 
It's a bit like doing some heavy weights, running, sprinting. It's creating that stress response, isn't it? To kickstart your body into, even though it's like stopping you, you're not having anything, but it's that kind of revving your engine a little bit, isn't it? That's, that's what it's designed to do. So that's why I don't think you should do it all the time. Kind of ancestrally speaking, if you were starving, you're going to talk about this a bit more in detail, but the males, especially, they would get up and go and look for food if they were Mm. hungry. Like you say, the engine would get revved up. They would have to go and either kill an animal or gather some food. But that's essentially what happens when your body's starving. It gives you a kickstart to go and get some food. Mm-hmm. And we haven't changed, have we? Yeah, that's still in, in our in our DNA. Yeah, in men. So you can <laughs> you can elaborate. So let's point. before we elaborate on that, let's just talk about the fat cell storage thing. Yeah. Um, so your fat cells store your toxins as well. So what we need to what Dan was saying before about um the first part of your fast should be quitting the junk food for a good month or two before you start fasting because you need to let your body release the toxins out of the fat cells first um at a slower pace let's say because when you fast it kickstarts your body it's a stress response if you're kicking your fat cells into releasing all the toxins at once you'll get really bad headaches um probably feel quite sick um and it's kind of overloading your body as well isn't it yeah you get that that die off when your body has toxins on board, if you liver, if it's just overburdened and you're eating crap food all the time, then the liver kind of, your liver is responsible for detoxing all of those bad things. If it's just overburdened and it kind of detox them all quick enough, then it creates a fat cell and puts the, the toxin inside of a fat cell. It kind of keeps it safe from all the internal organs. But then when your body starts to burn that fat, if it starts to burn all that fat all at once, like a crash diet, then your body burns those fat cells, but also releases the toxins. So then if those toxins then don't have that protection of the fat cell, you can get, then they start coming into contact with your vital organs, your liver gets overburdened, you, then your skin can break out, you can start to smell not very pleasant, shall I say. And that's mm. just the die-off period. Um, so you'd rather do it gradually and let your liver cope with the amount it was designed to cope with, not chucking the whole like six month worth of toxins at it in one yeah. go because it's going to be overburdened and that can put people off because they think, well, I'm eating healthy, I'm fasting, but I feel absolutely horrendous. It's because you've, you've done it too harsh. So mm. like we said, bridge the gap, start eating healthy, cut out the junk food, then go organic, then do a small fast and then build it up if you want to continue with it. Yeah. And one thing that when, if you are wanting to fast is to make sure that you're correctly hydrated for the whole time what you can and can't drink you know like who makes up these rules anyway like it's just some marketer isn't it so (laughs) what you can and can't drink on a fast so um water is the best thing with regards to what we've just been saying as well with the the toxins and the fat cells it doesn't matter what diet you do what fasting protocol how many hours if you're dehydrated it's just everything's pointless if you're dehydrated with regards to the toxins as well your body needs water for every chemical reaction in your body. So mm. you're not going to be able to detox efficiently if you're dehydrated. So get quality water. And like the old saying goes, the best solution for pollution is dilution. So before you even think about fasting, if you're dehydrated, get that sorted first. We talk about the six pillars of fitness, of health and mm. fitness, the foundation factors. Water is one of the six pillars. So 
get hydrated first before you even think about changing your diet. And that can even, if you've got some negative health effects, it, that could clear up just by being hydrated. Yeah, absolutely. Good advice, Daniel. So can I talk now about the differences between men and women? Yes, but don't rant too much. <laughs> do, you know what I, do you know what I've been thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is going to be similar to your chocolate and red wine based research. I think you just find this research <laughs> to allow yourself <laughs> to so allow yourself like, to eat chocolate and red wine. <laughs> yeah, and not skip meals. <laughs> no, this is this is real, right? So this is real. You know how I love like all things about like you know, I've told you this, haven't I? That if I wasn't doing what I was doing, I'd be an archaeologist. <laughs> I'm fascinated with history and archaeology and digging things up. I love it. I love it. And I love the whole primal thing. Like, why are we the way that we are? And how did we evolve this way? Okay. So I always go back to the primal thing. So when we were living in tribes and men were the hunters, men went out hunting and gathering and women stayed in the, actually, I would have been dead by now, wouldn't I? Because like, you would have been old by then. Can you... I will always say that men go hunting and women stay at home in 2020. <laughs> yeah, but I'm in primal <laughs> times, man. I'm a caveman, yeah, cave woman. Away, you can get away with it. So I get away with it. This was before political correctness was even, we couldn't even speak then, right? <laughs> so <laughs> we didn't have a language. So men went out. This is what men are designed to do, right? So men are designed to go out hunting, running, jumping, being able to throw spears to bring back food. Women are designed to stay at home, look after the camp and bring up the children. Yeah. So, so we have, we are different because of that. This is how we have evolved for millennia. Like the last 200, hundred years of political correctness and industry and machinery does not counterbalance the 2 million years of evolution that happened from the times when, you know, people first stood up on two legs in the in Africa. Okay. Yeah. So we speak about this quite a lot. The the complementary opposites. So the yin and the yang. Everything has an opposite. So male and female. There has yeah. to be differences, doesn't there? There has to be yeah. a complementary opposite. There so has to be. Yeah. If if both um, the male and the female went out hunting, they'd be no one to raise the children or look after the camp. Yeah. And if they both stayed in the camp and look after the camp and raise the children, there'd be no one to gather food. So there has to be yeah. that complementary opposite. And, one, and then one of the reasons that we have so much high stress and things nowadays is because that we're trying to live out of these evolutionary things. And I, I am, a, a you know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a raving feminist, but I do believe in women's rights and that we should be treat, treated equally. But that's not to say that our biology is the same as men's. It absolutely isn't. We are biologically different to men. And uh, so, Sorry, really quickly. Like women have that nurturing instinct it's, mm. it's something in them so that's that's why they carry the baby that's why they, they raise children and there was with regards to food was it during world war one or world war two a lot of the farmers got conscripted and they went off to war didn't they so mm. the women then started raising the crops and was there something like the crops had a 50 percent better yield because there was women looking after the crops instead of men because they have that nurturing instinct and they know how to care and, mm. and and develop things it's just it is part of the dna yeah i found that fascinating how even the plants and the animals and the farms produced better yields just because there was women looking after them as opposed to men see women should be running the world 
wouldn't have all these problems. Women should be farmers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to digress from yeah. the, the farming world, I was going to tell you something really interesting there. Oh, yes. So this is just like a sideline. This is not enough to do with fasting or anything. But um, you know how the stress response is fight or flight? That is the, the common thing. That is the male stress response. The female stress response is to tend and befriend. <laughs> so the male stress response is to go and fight, like because that's what men did. But women, they would if they were had a stressful situation, which is why this time that we're in, when this lockdown and stuff is so bad, is because women, for women and for men, but for women, because we are kind of we go and seek out our friends when we're in stress. You know, that's what women do. We talk to each other. Men go out and hunt deer. <laughs> Anyway, not, not these days, they don't. No, not now. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. This was before lockdowns and all of that shite. So women were in the camp looking after the babies and doing the food. Men were out hunting. So when the, there was no, so fasting would be a thing where there was no food, right? So it wouldn't be called fasting. It would just be called starvation, right? So when this would happen in the camp, when food was scarce, when men find that there's no food, this becomes a parasympathetic stress response. So for, for men, it's a kind of a calming, it gives you clarity, it gives you, um, it, it leans you up, it gives, it, it makes you able to access your muscles better, you're able to move better. So when you're in a fasted state, when you've got no food, men like are on fire. So if you're a man, you should be fasting. <laughs> if you want health benefits. If you are a woman, on the other hand, this is a whole different ball game because women, when there was no food in the camp, they would then switch to fat storing. So for women, this is actually a stress response. This is a sympathetic response. So we go into a catabolic state, which we know from our workout working is a bad state to be in for your joints, for everything. So in women, it creates brain fog because our brains can't work properly. We're storing fat and it affects our reproductive system, which, like it or not, us female humans are geared towards babies and having babies. So it will. that's why women who are very lean lose their periods because our periods in women, I'm going to talk about periods again, Dan, are uh, one of our vital signs. So if you haven't got them, then there's some hormonal disruption there. So it can play havoc with your um, hormones, basically. So if you go into a fasted state and you are a woman of a certain age, let's say, say peri to postmenopausal, you really don't want to be affecting your hormonal system any more than it's already been affected. If you're losing your period, then it's a, your body's way of saying that you're not healthy enough to reproduce or bring a exactly. child into the world. So it's a pretty big red flag, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And one of the interesting things I was talking to you about beforehand that um, apparently women, once we're pregnant, um, the fetuses, we are the only mammal that can't naturally terminate the pregnancy. So once we're pregnant, that's it. That's it for nine months. The fetus takes over. It can control our glucose. It can control our blood pressure, all sorts of things. Whereas in the animal world, it's been well documented that animals can actually terminate their pregnancies via if there's not enough food, for example, or monkeys do it if a, a new male comes in and takes over the camp. So it's it's called the Bruce effect. 
So our endocrine, so our reproductive and hormonal system are very closely linked to our metabolic and digestive system. So if there's no food, not enough food in the to, to feed us, we will shut down our reproductive system fairly quickly. And that doesn't happen in men. I found that fascinating that mammals can terminate the pregnancy if they know it's not going to be enough nutrition to have a healthy, whatever, cub or puppy <laughs> or... yeah. Yeah, I, I never knew that. It's, yeah. it's absolutely crazy, isn't it? But we can't, us humans can't do that. It's one thing that we can't do. So once we're pregnant, we need to know our body will store fat for nine months because it needs to know that it can feed a baby for nine. So basically women, a healthy woman will always have nine months worth of fat stored on them. Yeah. So with, with that theory, is it fasting for women particularly a no-go well it's not necessarily a no-go but it's not a, a thing that you would necessarily do on the long term like don't I'd, go to extreme lengths yeah, yeah yeah some people do it like do it for years and then it's not really getting any you're not getting any health benefits from it especially as you get older it's going to possibly wreak havoc with your hormonal system um, pregnant women definitely should not be fasting absolutely not if you've got any eating disorders you shouldn't be fasting if you are stressed you shouldn't be fasting if you don't sleep well as a woman you shouldn't fast and if you're new to diet and exercise you shouldn't fast a lot of those rules kind of carry over to particularly for women and then pregnant women uh, massively but just for the general population there's a there's a, a strong carryover for what you just said there as well isn't there yeah if yeah. you're stressed if you're brand new to diets and things don't jump into a fast straight away like we've said try and bridge the gap a little bit more normally should we say yeah yeah um what the general rule is and i'll let this off dr stacy it's quite interesting that if you're a man and you want to lose weight fast if you're a woman and you want to you want to lose weight don't fast <laughs> but do exercise because exercise is a fasted state because when you are exercising, you are getting the same benefits that are said for fasting, as in mental clarity, speeding up the digestive system, creating that. Oh, we haven't really spoke about autophagy. This is another word I'm not going to be able to say. Autophagy. 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 That's the word where your cell clean up. Now, in men, that happens really strongly in in a fasted state so that's basically where your cells start to, to clean up and get rid of all the toxins and stuff and then that it, that happens really quickly in women it doesn't but it does when you exercise so you should be exercising rather than fasting if you don't exercise you should exercise that's pretty much like the water thing we said as well if you're dehydrated fasting's not going to do anything if you if you're not moving correctly or you're not doing enough exercise fasting's not going to do a lot for you so yeah. fasting is just a tool. And if you want to get the most from it, make sure you're doing the basics right in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So um, like I say, I use fasting every now and then. Um, I do find it good for getting rid of, you know, that water bloating kind of thing. Like you said there, there can be some negative sides of it if you do it incorrectly, which you probably will do if you're living an unhealthy lifestyle. But there are some real benefits to it. Like there is some yeah. real benefits to being a vegan or being paleo. So the, the benefits, like it, it increases your discipline, just going without food for an extra four hours a day. You probably won't realize how hard it is until you try to do it, but it builds that mental strength, which can't be underestimated. 
Yeah. Like it can have a strong carryover to other effects in your life. In those four hours where you would normally be eating and then digesting food, you might use it positively to, I don't know, take up meditation or to go to the gym or do something else positive. Mm-hmm. So there are some um, good benefits. It, it can really give you a sense of vitality as well, given your digestive system and your, and your, your detox organs a break. Mm-hmm. Because if you think if you just eat from the moment you wake up till the moment you go to bed, your digestive system is constantly going. It can just give it a little bit of a rest. And like anything, it, like your muscles, it needs a rest every now and again. And we, we don't really think about it, do we? No. Your, your liver needs a rest from detoxing all the time. So these things can be underestimated and you'll probably feel that sense of vitality just comes from your digestive system and your detox system not using up energy as much, mm-hmm. which kind of you wouldn't necessarily automatically think about, but that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So as a woman, you just need to be a bit more careful doing it. But as a man, you absolutely should do it. I found the biggest thing when I used to do it was just, you just look forward to food. You just appreciate food a lot more as well. You just, especially like, it's so easy to get food now. We aren't hunting gatherers anymore. You can just, you can have endless food all day for for most people. So you lose the appreciation of it. You lose where the food came from, who grew the food, what the animal, what type of life it lived. So when you start fasting, if you really get into it, you, you do appreciate what mm. the f- where the food comes from and what it does to you as well, because you literally are what you eat. You absolutely are. And one thing about fasting is, you, like you've just touched on there, what are the reasons for it? Why do you want to do it? Like you say, if you want to practice mental discipline and give everything a rest and a break, then great. Are you looking for the health benefits of it? What I should say is most of the research for fasting and the health benefits, because it does get touted around a lot, um, have been done on rats, male rats, no surprise there, or um, people who are very obese or pre-diet, in a pre-diabetic state, because um, quite a lot of the research, when it first came out, was like reverse type 2 diabetes through fasting, um, and people were put on very low-calorie diets. I still think it's done by by the NHS. to It's that kind of kickstart your system, and they were just doing it for like a, a fixed period of time, whereas it's not something that you would do on a, a long period of time. But it's it's like you said, if you just if you eat a lot of crap, and then you you just cut out that that will have the same effect as doing doing a fast. Yeah. So if you think about it that way, if you are eating, if your diet's mainly made up of junk food, then you technically are already fasting. You're fasting from nutrients. Mm. <laughs> so, but that's the wrong type of fast you want to do. You're better off eating less, but eating more nutrients. And mm. then if you want to do an actual fast like we've been talking about. Like I've said it earlier, but it can't be overstated. Just bridge the gap. Just eat healthy, then eat organic, then do a short fast. Then if you want to build it up, do a longer fast. Yeah. And most people who do these things regularly, like you say, for spiritual reasons and religious reasons, they'll all, nearly all of them will tell you at the end of it, they just realize how much they eat and how much they don't, mm. like they don't need all the stuff that they eat. You just get into habit and you get into cravings. So when you fast, it gives you that kind of, that mental check think, well, I don't even need all that stuff. And you've built yeah. your mental strength and even little things like if you, if you're skipping one meal a day and you're eating healthy, you probably save money. If you did it like Lent for 40 days, imagine if you gave up 
your bottle of wine every night after 40 days, you'd probably save 200, 300 pound. So even yeah. little things like that. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a tool and it can be used really effectively. And all the benefits that you can get from fasting, you can actually get from exercise as well. So if um, you are wanting the health benefits from it, then start exercising. Yeah, cool. Anything else you want to add with regards to fasting? Um, no, it's interesting though. I like I like um, doing these. We should maybe do another one about paleo or veganism. Yeah, I had a, a few quick notes on that. It doesn't really pertain to fasting necessarily, but mm. when people go paleo or they go to veganism or the latest one's been a carnivore, isn't it? That's, that's mm. kind of trending at the moment as well. Again, it's a tool and it can be used very beneficially at different parts in your life. It's not one size fits all, is it? All these things. You can be vegan for a year and that can be really good for you in a certain time of your life for like a detox period, or you can go carnivore and it can cure a health problem at a different part of your life. But some people do it just to be part of the tribe and be part of the clan and to want to associate with other people. So we saw this in the CrossFit community they all mm. also went paleo. It was kind of part of the marketing brand. Paleo has really good health benefits in general, but it's also people go vegan because they want to be part of a clan or they go carnivore because they want to feel that sense of mm. belonging as well. So make sure you, if you're going to do any type of dietary practice, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, not just because it's the, the trendiest thing. The latest thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, so interesting I, I quite like like you said there's so many of these kind of things around and labels and badges and people just want the structure of it and sometimes it's like the next fad um it's hard isn't it it's hard to know what to eat sometimes because we're bombarded with all this 24 7 food stuff and another thing I'm gonna have a rant now Dan they've shut the gyms again but guess what's still open the fast food places McDonald's what a pile of crap that is. I mean, what signal is that sending out to the to the world, like to our kids, you know, anyway. Yeah, that's just all about the almighty dollar, isn't it? And if the government's actually cared about your health, really cared about your health, never mind all the coronavirus track and trace because we really care about your health. If they really cared about your health, would they allow fast food places to be open even in the first place? Would they allow you to buy cigarettes? And would they shut gyms? So exactly. Even those three facts, there's probably about a million other facts we could say, but those are absolutely glaringly obvious. It just pees me off so much. Like, not once. Like, if you listen to the government, the prime minister, and that, what, what's his face, fella? And <laughs> go, they go on about, like, you must stay indoors, you must wear a mask, you must hand sanitise. Not once have they said, you must make sure you're correctly hydrated. You must make sure you're getting protein in. You must make sure you're getting vitamin D. Even though vitamin D has been proven to be beneficial in coronavirus, Matt, that Matt Hancock had to revert his statement the other day, didn't he? Because he said there's been no research done on vitamin D and coronavirus. And then all these uh, laboratories came out and said, actually, yes, there has been. And um, he had to apologise for saying that. So, like, not once are people saying, like, you need to get outside and get some fresh air and get your skin in the sun, even though what little bit of sun we've got left, or eat eggs and lots of leafy greens and stuff like that. That's what pays me off. 
Yeah, the trouble is most people know now that it's just a load of crap to be polite. But there's the old saying of a big enough lie repeated for long enough. People just believe it's the truth. Mm. And then when they delete all the all the actual truth, like they ban these doctors who come out and actually say the truth. And so you only get one side of the story. And if you just say that side of the story for long enough, like it's 24 seven, isn't it? It's been that way for like eight months or something now. You can't really blame people for just following along now because that's all you see. And it doesn't matter if it's true or false. It's just the mere exposure effect. But if they really cared about your health, they'd be telling you all this stuff like what we're saying, you know, do a bit of fasting, do a bit of breathing, bit of working in, working out. We should be yeah. prime minister. I should be prime minister. I'd whip their asses. Yeah, but then you, you wouldn't be getting money off Big Pharma and and all the, <laughs> the companies like McDonald's and things, would you? So yeah. anyway, that's a different episode because I'm starting to get a bit... Okay. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I won't go into a full-on Jill rant. Anyway, that, that's that. So, Dan, back on furlough. <laughs> on furlough yeah depending on when this episode gets released it might be on my back off furlough. Yeah, you, might be, you might be back off by then fingers crossed eh? yeah but yeah we hope everyone who is furloughed and small business owners yeah we really hope you find a way to, to get through oh, this because God, yeah. it's been so harsh on like the tourism industry particularly and small business owners high street shop owners so harsh so yeah hopefully people yeah. do manage to get through okay yeah, big love to everybody who's trying to get through this one because this one is tough. Like the first time round, it was like, right, let's just get through this one. It's like totally different kettle of fish, isn't it? Especially when this is the busiest month for a lot of um, small business owners. So try and spend your money with the small business owners and not big Amazon trillionaires now, yeah? Yeah, because if you try and put yourself in those people's shoes that like you would appreciate the business now wouldn't you yeah like especially coming up to the winter period the christmas period it's really important because it's like one of those things you don't realize how much you miss it until it's gone so when all the high street shops are shut down then you're going to miss it in the end aren't you i think my desk's just flat. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that noise in the background <laughs> <laughs> well we'll end it there so where can people right. find you jill <laughs> it was just me having a rage like, now. Um, yes where can they find me I am at organicpilates.co.uk by the time this has gone up our uh, podcast might have a new whole webpage on my um, website so you can find out all the latest episodes on there um, I'm going to be doing some more YouTube videos actually this time round I think I might do a few more so if you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel please do can't remember the name of it but I think it's called Jill Robinson Fitness. Might be. Anyway. I think you're going to have I'll... to clar- clarify that. <laughs> 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 I have got a YouTube channel. Please have a look. And what about you, Dan? The best place to find me is on Facebook. I think I might have to make a return to Facebook during lockdown mm. with workouts and things like that. Still, I'm still undecided as the time of recording, but yeah, um, yeah, I think it's, it's healthy for people to, to have the option to do online workouts. And it's Daniel Purvis Health and Fitness. And yeah, remember the podcast is on the iTunes podcast section. We're on Spotify. We're on Jill's website and everywhere else. You listen to your podcasts. We're closing in on 2,000 downloads. <laughs> yes. I don't I know how many listens that. we've had. Obviously, listens is a lot more. 
but listens as well, but it's counted on downloads, isn't it's it? It's counting on downloads, yeah. So we probably had 55 million listens, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so please remember to pass the pod and, you know, if this information, if you're enjoying our podcasts and our rantings and rumblings, then please, please, because, you know, the more that people listen and download, the higher we get and the more not, um, the more notori- notoriety we get, yeah? Yeah, exactly. So thanks everyone. We'll see you again soon. Thanks. Bye.